at the end of the day, what I want drivers to remember is one thing, is that we all out here trying to do a job. We all here trying to create income for our families and take care of our homes and whatnot. And we have to put ourselves in a position to try and better take care of ourselves out here because the truck, whether people know it or not, the truck will beat your body down. And we don't help the situation when we're not taking care of ourselves properly out here as well. Um, you can walk around the truck one time. Each time you walk around the truck, you do it 10 times. Like you just have 10 laps around the truck. Each time you make a lap around the truck, stop and do 10 push-ups. Make a lap around the truck, stop, do 10 push-ups. By the time you make 10 laps around the truck, you've done 100 push-ups. You're giving yourself some type of activity throughout the day to burn calories because otherwise you're not doing anything to burn any type of calories and you're just pounding on weight day after day, week after week. A little wisdom up top here from Bolton, Mississippi-based owner-operator Andre Jackson, who in the last year has completed a more than five-year journey through adversity to success in business ownership and partner Dante Ogletree of Atlanta, the two operating under their own authority at Midnight Express. Yes, they're one among the thousands of new independent carriers that have been launched in recent years. You may have seen the report on that and growth among carriers with fewer than six trucks by my colleague James Gillette. The story was published last week at overdriveonline.com. Search owner-operator market to find it there. Hinging in part on data from the Qualified Carriers Company, run in part by well-known broker Jeff Tucker, Tucker Company Worldwide. As Gillette wrote, the number of registered carriers with six or fewer trucks grew by 72% from February 2012 to July of this year. That's an increase of exactly 78,624 fleets in the roughly six-year period again representing a whopping 72% of growth. Large fleets haven't grown by anywhere near as much as that. For owner-operator Andre Jackson, though, five years ago today, around the beginning time of that analysis, going out as a two-truck independent with Ogletree as a partner wasn't in the cards for him, though he'd appeared on the cover of Overdrive in February of 2013 for his part in guiding operators in U.S. Express Lease Purchase Program through to some success with a business plan he developed and utilized himself toward successfully taking ownership of two trucks then leased there. This edition of the Overdrive Radio podcast, likewise, will concern itself less with big macro trends than with, as you'll hear, what happened to Jackson at that time five years ago, the Friday prior to the Great American Trucking Show. He arrived that fateful day in 2013 to load in and stage the truck for participation there and had a massive heart attack and was nearly lost. How he's clawed back after two years of essentially losing most of his mobility and the very ability to take care of himself, well, it's truly a remarkable story. Few stood by him in the years that followed before his wife, Naomi Jackson, and as you'll hear, it's people like her that hold the world on their shoulders. No doubt about that. I'm Todd Dills, and my conversation with Andre starts as is usual here on Overdrive Radio. He was sitting in North Carolina at the tail end of a series of drops after a run that was somewhat atypical for his operation, as he, as he notes. Thing for me is I'm loading up at Smithfield and going to Lakeland, Florida. Got a delivery there from McLean. I normally say, I normally um, run like um, from um, Hazelhurst, Mississippi to Oklahoma, back to um, Robert, Louisiana to Walmart, and kind of like a circle like that mostly. 
Give me, give us a little bit of uh, you know the lay of the land of what you tell you at the Midnight uh, Express are uh, are doing in terms of you know where where's the freight come from? Are you working with brokers? Uh, they've got uh, two well, trucks running under that authority. Tell me, tell me how you're doing it. Um, I was approached by um, a fellow driver that I knew probably about seven or eight years ago, and he approached me about the idea of buying a truck and for himself and he did so mm-hmm. and then shortly after about three months later he approached me about the idea of us being our own entity and so we started at that point working towards um midnight express right. so after about a month and a half or two months of getting everything organized the way we want them to be midnight express were born um okay. we have two trucks both are paid for um the goal with that was to go in with less overhead as possible. And our our business plan is quite simple. Our business plan is to take the two. We're only paying ourselves five hundred bucks a week, and the business plan is to take the profits from the two trucks to pay about third truck cash. Mm-hmm. Once we achieve that, we're going to go to continue that same cycle. Take the profit from the three trucks and buy the fourth truck. Our goal is this time next year to be at 15 to 20 trucks this time next year. Okay. Well, that, that's that's quite ambitious for such a short time frame. Are you guys uh, working with direct customers for freight or, or are you using brokers? Uh, um, how's it happening? We got one customer that we use um, that we're um, currently talking with about doing direct freight. We mostly okay. use brokers at the moment, um, um, TQL, okay. Uber, um, Nolan Transportation, uh, Coyote, people of sort, we are normally using at the moment right now for our freight okay. concerned, the bulk of it rather. And uh, out of Mississippi, what what part of Mississippi again? I know we've talked about we're this stationed, before. But... We're stationed in Bolton, Mississippi. When you go through Jackson, it's about, when you go through Jackson, Mississippi, going towards Louisiana, uh, which would be mm-hmm. west on 20, it's about uh, maybe 15 miles outside of Jackson, exit 27 off of I-20. The small town, yeah, the small town. Um, Dante Ogletree, which is my business partner, he and I mm-hmm. um, decided to um, station it there. I have a little property out there, so we had places to put trucks at. Are you guys from the uh, same area? Uh... Dante, he's from Atlanta, Georgia. He's actually okay. Ellenwood, Georgia, and um, I'm from Bolton, Mississippi. And we met uh, approximately, I want to say about seven or eight years ago um, mm-hmm. at a company we both were working at. We met that day, and um, oh, years years had passed by. We hadn't talked to each other. And one day he calls me about the blue, telling me about the things that he's going through with the company that he works with and what his thought process was and asked me what I thought sure. because at the previous company, I helped a lot of guys who were having issues with their with trucks and being profitable. Sure, and that was uh, that was when you were leasing back back uh, back when, and uh, I, we we remember that pretty well here in Overdrive, of course, because uh, there was once upon a time uh, you were on the you were on the cover of Overdrive, and then very shortly after that, I believe you were down at the at the uh, at the Gaps uh, uh, Pride and Polished. I think it was that same year, later that same year. 
And uh, same year, you went through you went through quite uh, quite an ordeal um, from that moment uh, for the next several years. I wonder, could you set the stage for us? Tell us what exactly happened in there at that uh, at the Pro and Polish that that year, 2013, right? Yeah, exactly. What happened mm-hmm. was um, with this particular company, um, I did a lot of their trucking shows for them. Um, I was a driver liaison for them, helping um, guys out that were leasing trucks that were having problems. And what led me to the cover of your magazine, we had the program based upon um, what I was doing with the guys internally with the right. company. And so right. um, it was basically a, little, a bit of a program to help uh, to sort of help some some guys that were having uh, issues with making uh, making the kind of lease purchase scenario work, right? Exactly. Because yeah. um, what I learned from the lease purchase program is that you can own a truck through the lease purchase program. I was blessed sure. to be able to pay off two through the lease through the um, leasing program, <clears throat> but you have yeah. to have you have to have a plan and you have to stick to your plan in order to make it work properly for you. And right. I ended up I wasn't going to gas initially for them, but they called me and told me they needed me there at gas, and so um, I ended up there in Dallas. And what took place was. I got there on Friday. I went in and checked in and got my credentials. When I went back to the truck to get my bag, I felt like something just shot me through the chest. And I collapsed there on the side of the truck, and I had a Widowmaker heart attack. And I ended up um, going out there on the on the ground, and when I come through without a surgery, and according to the doctors that I had passed, and they revived me through surgery, at the time, I was 378 pounds, and I went through a great ordeal, which put me out of trucking for a while. I think your initial, a lot of your initial uh, work was at a hospital that just happened to happens to be pretty close by to the convention center where Gats is held, right? Exactly. It was the Baylor Heart Institute, which is the okay. number two heart institute in the United States, what I learned. Um, okay. I was uh, three blocks away. Yeah. I was three blocks yeah. away, and that's why I'm able to have this conversation with you today. The recovery process for you was uh, was quite extensive. Um, t- tell me a little bit about how how long that went on and what uh, what all that entailed for you. It, I know you went through a lot. And- my wife and I, I've always I taught my wife how to drive a truck, and I told her, that you never know when there might come a day when she needs to drive drive this truck and yeah. handle this truck. So I was blessed to have that because she ended up having to take the truck from Dallas back to Ohio where we was living. But we ended up losing our home, which was a three three story home down to a one bedroom apartment. Um, we watched one vehicle after the next being towed away through repossession. Um, it was down to a '99 Tahoe. Um, I ended up wearing a life vest. I had two defibrillator paddles in my back and one in my side, and I wore an electronic box on my side, which they did an EKG on me 24 hours a day. My heart fell down to, I think they said, 5 or 6%, at which at that time they put me into sudden death stage, and which I was basically what they said was I could walk and fall out and die at any moment. I lost uh, the trucks I had worked so hard to obtain. Um, but my wife, she never gave up on anything with me. Um, the doctors gave me a list and said, these are the things you need to do. And if you want to try and survive this. And um, what my wife did at that moment, 
everything in the kitchen that was bad, she got rid of and gave away. And she went out and shopped on that list. And she said, what I'm going to do, everything you have to do, I'm going to do it with you to make sure we do it together to try and get you through this. And my wife would um, go to work at 3 in the morning. Her name is Naomi Jackson. She would go to work at 3 in the morning at the Marriott Hotel and cook to about 12 noon, come back, um, give me my bath, because um, at that point I couldn't do much for myself. Um, give me my bath, um, get me situated, get my medication, things like that. Or um, and Then she would go out and do side work or whatever to help us get over the hump. And um, she never given up on me, never regretted anything with me. And we managed to overcome our situation. Um, it was, it took years to get past our situation that we was um, going through. That started in 2013, uh, Andre. So how, you know, I mean, how long did this go on where you basically were in a situation where you couldn't even, you didn't really have the strength to get around? Was it, uh, was it a number of years after that? It was all right about two years, um, and, okay. I, and it made me feel less than a man because I had to watch my wife get up out in the snow and ice and go out and try to make income for us. But it made me feel yeah. less than a man, being that I was the the major provider for our family. Um, so we went through the ordeal probably about two years, and as a result, I had another heart attack. Oh, and no. I had another heart attack, so I ended up having five of them. So I went through five heart attacks. So at the present moment, um, I got about eight or nine stents in my chest now. And also, um, the lower part of my heart can't be repaired anymore. So if I was to have a heart attack there again, I, I wouldn't survive it because it can't repair the area anymore because it's gotten too small. That's quite a, quite a lot to go through. I mean, how how much uh, how difficult was it to to get the clear to go back driving? Initially, when um, I started going for my medical, they initially were only giving me a 30-day card. So every 30 okay. days, I would have to go back for a 30-day card. Then eventually, it went to 90 days. Then eventually, it went to six months. So at the present moment, I, um, every six months, I had to redo my card. What do you have to do there? Do you have are, are you um are you required to do like a stress test and some of that other stuff that I've I've heard about for folks that have heart attacks to be cleared back? Do you have to do that every time or do you just have to do that first time or two? I have to I have to perform a stress test each time I go out to get the card. Because what okay. happened to me was the very first time they gave me a stress test, I had a heart attack. <laughs> oh so, really? Oh no wow. Yeah, the very first time I, I went to try and get my medical card and I started performing a stress test, I had a heart attack, ended up in surgery right away. But now I'm able to perform this stress test. I went from 6% to my heart being now at 26%. Also, I had to um, make eating changes and habits. So I went from 378 pounds to now I'm 205 pounds. I'm six feet even, and yeah. the 205 is definitely a more comfortable weight for me. Um, yeah, being I think completely so. honest That's... with you, <clears throat> being out on the truck, I only had one thing in mind, the next load and trying to make some money. So my eating habits right. were terrible. Um, grab a burger or five-hour energy or some of that nature, a Red Bull, and I'm out the door. So my eating habits were terrible out here on the road. And which led me just sitting in this seat day after day, which led me to put on a lot of weight. 
um, put a lot right. of pressure on your back, your legs, things like that, which has long-term effects on you. How do you keep keep up with it now? Are you uh, are you on an exercise regime? What I do now, my wife, she started making groceries for the truck. So I got yeah. a grill here on the truck, um, all kinds of things like that. And so um, what our plan was to try and have more grilled food, more so than eating out of the truck stop. Um, more salads and things of that nature, more water um, implemented into the diet, um, nuts and fruits imp implemented into the diet. So she would go out and she stops the truck now each time before I leave to make sure I have the things here to um, help me try and have the best possible diet out here on the road when I'm gone. You do a lot of your own sort of with your wife. She she. She helps out with the early preparations, and then uh, while you're out there, you're just using the uh, using the grill, doing a lot of the preparations yourself, rather than uh, and, and, and eating out of a truck stop, basically. Basically, what I try to avoid now is the truck stop eating all together. But the truck stop, it's not a it's not a uh, how should I put it? It's not a uh, a haven for healthy eating. If you if you understand where I'm coming from, it's not a haven for healthy eating. It's a haven for get and go, you know. And without being said, that get and go is what got me in trouble. <laughs> Try to avoid it as much as possible, you know. How old were you uh, in 2013 when you had the you know the first heart attack? I think I was around 40, 39, 40, around about 40. I think I was. Okay. 40, 41, 42, when I had the first one in, I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew it was bad because every breath I took felt like it wouldn't release the air from my chest. Just every breath just from my chest got bigger and bigger to the point where um, things got blurry and I faded out. And that's the last I remember of all of it other than when I woke mm -hmm. up, you know, and, and was explained where I had taken place. Um, yeah. From that point on, I felt, I felt kind of like, uh, alone, so to speak, because I felt like some things that were handled at that time could have been handled better. But at the end of the day, I just had to focus on me and or trying to get me better. And um, just, I was just blessed to have a wife who was there to walk every step with me and um, and until help me get better. You know, so right. it was a it was a it was a, a long ordeal because, as I stated, um, I was in the hospital for my birthday. Once again, my wife always trying to be there for me. So I'm in the hospital for my birthday, and she was like, um, "When I get out of the hospital," and she was like, um, um, "We need to go to Alabama." I was like, "Okay, uh, are you strong enough?" So I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." So we go to Alabama, and the wife know I like Harley Davidson motorcycles, and there she has a Harley Davidson motorcycle at the Harley Davidson dealership waiting on me as a birthday gift to try and pick my spirits up. Wow. And <laughs> All those little things right there mean so much. And to have somebody like that that's in your corner and just wanting the best for you, I, I mean, I just don't even have the words for it. Uh, tell me about the truck that you're uh, back hauling in now since you've gotten uh, you, you and uh, Dante Ogletree have put together the uh, new company. Um, just for my time of doing trucking, um, I use truck and go just as far as a new truck. The only difference is that if a man you know, want to spend more for a new truck as opposed to or be out here trying to look for um, profitability through the business, 
by going out and purchasing a used truck and, um, you know, and let more of his money go towards, you know, his profitability um, of his business. So what me and Dante did was we went out and bought a T2000 for about 14 grand. So we have two of those. And so um, we've been running those trucks now probably about nine months. No kind of major problems. The trucks really have paid for themselves um, two times yeah. over, um, to be honest. Um, and we're still running the trucks currently. Um, in about three weeks, we're going to be buying another one. Um, and we're going to pay for it cash. And it's about $16,000. And we have a driver for it now. Um, we're going to take that truck and go over it completely. Everything that we can see visually and do um, as far as uh, uh, pre-tripping it and trying to eliminate anything possible that we could do. That's what we do before we even put it out on the road and make sure, sure. it truck up to par. And so yeah. the, our plan is just that simple to focus on more of um, used trucks at the moment. Not saying that it won't come sure. a day where we buy a, a nicer truck, which these are nice trucks here. But not saying it won't come a day where we bought a more up-to-date truck. But at the moment, at the moment, the, the fundamental goal is simply to grow the business and make the business um, um, a true competitor in the market of, of freight to where um, we can afford to have more drivers and 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 from my experience on the road, a driver is looking for two things, home time and pay. And the way I looked at it was, I was going out buying, me and Dante going out buying used vehicles and um, pay for vehicles that give us the opportunity to put a, a little bit more money into the driver's pocket. And in turn, the driver is more happy when he's going to work. Um, so yeah. that's our goal there is just to, you know, not look to um, take all the money out trying to um, – supplement our pockets, but the growth of the company and the well-being of the employees of the company. I think that's a laudable, uh, laudable goal, no doubt. And, um, you know, I hope, uh, I hope those, uh, those trucks, uh, uh, give you the fewest amount of maintenance headaches possible. I know once they get age up on them, uh, you, you're going to run into certain things that you have to do, but uh, I know a lot of those older engines are uh, pretty reliable and, uh, I know a lot of folks that swear up and down by them. So. You haven't had any major problems yet, I don't guess. We had one major problem. It was not due to the truck. What happened to us okay. was when we very first got started with our authority, our very first load we got, the load was going um, about 500 miles for about 1,800 bucks. And what what happened to us previous, previously before picking the load up, we had a wheel seal leak. So we went to the shop, had the wheel seal repaired, and told him to put new brakes on the back of the truck. The very first load we picked up after he did the work, we went about 60 miles that night. Dante called me and said that the rear axle was on fire. Okay. So he stopped and put the axle out, and it's the same it's the same axle at which they supposed to have repaired the wheel seal. Oh, Lord. So now we lose the load because the broker had to send somebody else to get the load because the rear end was like making this loud banging noise. So yeah. once they came and got the trailer, there was Love's about 10 miles up the road, so I asked Dante to limp up to the Love's so we can try to assess the problem. In route to the Love's, he was going about 30 miles per hour. The whole tandem broke off and went past the truck. Oh, Lord. The same wheels at which he's supposed to have repaired. Broke off, went past the truck. Now we're sitting there 
with a whole tandem broke off the truck, broke the axle, broke the rear end, bust the rear end. Ended up having to get a record truck. So the truck was down about a week and a half, two weeks due to the and, um, subpar work that was performed on the truck. Did you did you go back to those uh to that shop with this uh claim here? I did. Um yeah. we had to get a record and I had the record tow the truck back to that shop. You now, were, you went straight back the, from there, yes. Good idea. <laughs> exactly. But I'm gonna give the shop credit. I'm gonna give credit what credit is due. The shop paid the record bill. The shop said if we just be patient with them, everything be fixed correctly. The shop kept the truck about a week and a half. They fixed everything correctly. Um, they put new shocks around the truck on the back end of it, and they did. And, and you know, they, they did a, a much a much better job. I think the mechanic at which they had hired was a subpar mechanic, but the head guy of the shop made sure that the job was done properly this time. So I'm gonna give the shop credit. They're taking care of every aspect of what we went through. That's something. Yeah, I mean that that's a. That's great. I'm, I'm I'm so glad to hear that uh, story. That those kinds of things uh, you hear about them, but uh, more often you hear about the uh, the the, ter- the very terrible things that happen. But, um, but yeah, where where was this shop in particular? It was in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, <clears throat> and um, actually we didn't know anything about the shop. It was a shop that were referred to us, and okay. we decided to use the guys. So it was our very first. We didn't know anything about them at all. I'd never been there before. And so it was right. in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was our very first time ever, um, you know, dealing with the guys, um, right. which turned out to be bad, of course. But, you know, Dante, I think it kind of um, put a damper on him a little bit, being that, you know, we had went through a lot of money to get started, you know, and um, yeah. then things turned out like that in the beginning. But, you know, as I told him, just keep his head up and we're going to be fine. You know, sometimes you go through things and every day is not going to be a sunny day. You got to be able to take the stormy day just as, just as well as a sunny day. but as long as we stay, um, you know, true to one another and continue pressing forward, we're going to be fine. And, you know, and he, he, he knows that now um, more than ever. Um, uh, what I like about Dante is simple. Um, he's, a, he's a young guy. He wants to learn and he wants to um, be a businessman. And so yeah. I try to introduce him into as much as I can uh, for trucking seminars or whatever there is to where he can learn more of the business and become more of a businessman towards the freight industry. Sure. You guys are are coming up uh, up here to Nashville, uh, my neck of the woods, to the uh, uh, the National Association of Small Truck Companies New Entrant uh, Survival Training Seminars that they've been doing for almost a decade now. Um, but I, I understand you're coming up here next month for that. Yes, we are. Um, I think that's a um, good thing that they got put together there. Um, I think it's very informational, and I think that if the drivers I hear are true to being successful. I think that's one thing they definitely should find time to go and try and be a part of and learn from. Because I think that at long term, I think it would help them out a lot, business wise and financially. That's my opinion on the matter, just from what I've read about it and what I've been investigating on it. Not to yep. mention the fact that I have a few drivers that have gone to it, has gone back to it again. So um, yeah. I, I definitely would advise anybody that's um, serious about. Know, surviving in this business to definitely go and try to absorb as much of the information as they could. I try to do a lot of preventive maintenance as much as possible. Um, I don't spare a dime on that because if you don't have the tools to do the job, you definitely can't do the work. So I just try to make sure we have them in a position to where we're able to get out and do the work. 
our goal right now is not to uh, pad our pockets. Our goal right now is to focus on the growth of the company. And once again, I can't say enough about Dante because, as I stated, he he's all for it. Um, he listens. Um, when I say the guy's a sponge, he's a sponge. Um, he is yeah. for the true survival of the company. You can't ask for a better business partner, period. There, there, ain't, there ain't nothing more. I, I mean, I just can't say enough about him, you know, for to be our, our age gap is 15 years probably apart. Okay. Um, we're probably 15 year age gap apart. Um, but one thing I can say with that, uh, without a doubt is that he listens, he learns, he implements. And not saying that I'm the one who knows more, but I just happen to have a little bit more experience. Um, yep. But the same experience that I have, I'm making my business to try to pass that on to him. And as I say, I can't say enough about it. Here's wishing the best of luck to Ogletree and Jackson. With any luck, I can follow up with them when they're in town for the Nastic event. For now, as Jackson intimated, they're taking the roughly 4000 5000 a week they're clearing together on average and reinvesting most of it. Looking to pick up another similarly aged tractor to the 2007 and 08 model Kenworth they're running today, both powered by 06 emissions spec Caterpillar engines with fairly low miles on each, between 600 and 700,000 miles. Engine-wise thus far, Jackson says, the trucks have been superb. They're currently hauling reefer and dry van both off and on, utilizing trailers from a pool. They get a certain amount of use out of each one they agree to relocate to another area. They're working toward purchasing their first drive van themselves at the end of next month. Here's hoping things are going similarly well for you and your business. And until next time, of course, stay safe out there.